Today's scripture is from Genesis 1, 1 through 5, and Genesis 2, 4 through 7. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and then there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, when no plant of the field was yet in the earth, and no herb of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was no one to till the ground. But a stream would rise from the earth and water the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Irene. I wonder, what do you think of when you hear the word creative? You hear the word creative. Is that a word with which you identify? Creative? You know, I've never been to one of those wine and paint nights. How many of you guys have been to one of those? A few of you? Okay. I've never, I've never done it, but my, my sense of it is it's when you get a bunch of friends together for an evening in a special studio and an art teacher kind of leads you through step by step how to paint a particular landscape. That's the sense I've gotten of it. And uh, I'd rather, you know, paint like a flat wall a new color <laughs> than try to paint something on canvas that somebody can recognize. But I suspect that some of those evening paint parties have revealed hidden talents among friends. Right? They show off the creativity that the friends didn't know was there. Sort of like how George W. Bush has suddenly become an artist in his post-presidential life. I mean, who knew? Or when I first graduated seminary, the senior pastor I worked with had very recently taken up oil painting as a hobby, and he was surprisingly good. When people asked him where he learned how to paint like that, he liked to say, third grade art class. <laughs> but the truth was, it was just a new way for his innate creativity to show. Creative. Might not be a word that you automatically associate with yourself, but you have creativity in you. I do too. We have hundreds of different ways to express that creativity. You know, some people do their creative work in wood or in flower arranging or in quilting or in making up games to play with little kids or solving engineering problems or making all the luggage fit in the back of the car before a big road trip. Anybody have that creative talent? There are endless ways to be creative depending on our personalities, our experiences, our contexts. Creativity is something that we all have in one form or another, and it comes for all of us as a spark, as a gift, as a talent that's given to us by God. Our creativity comes from God. Everything that we create that is beautiful and good is a reflection of the same way that God makes things beautiful and good. You might remember that Genesis says that we are made in the image of God. And part of that image of God that we carry around is God as creator and creative means that we who bear God's image, we too are creative. And so we're able to make the most amazing poetry and music 
and paintings and dance and storytelling and crafts and Photoshop and furniture and landscape design and whatever you want to name as a creative endeavor, it all comes as a reflection of God's creative power inside of us. Our creativity is a gift that comes from the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's really simple. It works like this. The Holy Spirit is endlessly creative. And as the Holy Spirit creates, we were promised the gift of the Holy Spirit by Jesus, so the Holy Spirit works in us to also create. You know, we're just a few weeks away from the celebration of Pentecost. And Pentecost is that day that we remember and we honor the gift of the Holy Spirit to the early church. Pentecost this year is May 23rd. And unfortunately, Pentecost is sometimes the only day that we really talk about the Holy Spirit in the church. So this year, I wanted to extend that a little bit. And to prepare ourselves for Pentecost, I wanted to spend the weeks between then and now on a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit in the scriptures to figure out what the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does. So first of all, the Holy Spirit, it's all around us, and it's within us. We see this clearly from John 14. Jesus says, I will ask the Father, and he will, he will give you another helper to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. You know him, for he dwells within you and will be in you. He dwells with you and will be within you. So that's Jesus' promise for life after the resurrection. We've got the Holy Spirit. We've got it. Okay, but what does it do? Well, to see that, over the next couple weeks, we're going to look at various other scripture passages. But today, we start with two passages from the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. I, I think we can get confused sometimes a little bit about the Holy Spirit, because we read about it in the book of Acts, that's the day of Pentecost, and we hear about it as a promise from Jesus, so we might be tempted to think that the Holy Spirit only comes after Jesus has been resurrected. You might be tempted to think the Holy Spirit's kind of like God's third act, right? Like, you got God in the Old Testament, that's act one. You have Jesus who comes to save us, that's act two. And then after Jesus leaves, you get the Holy Spirit, that's act three. But that's not how God works. That's not how the Trinity works at all. All three persons of the Trinity are present from the very beginning of the story. The Holy Spirit doesn't just come in at the end. The Holy Spirit is central plays a central role throughout the Old Testament. The same spirit that enlivened the early church was doing all kinds of things with the Israelites long before Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and actually long before that. The Holy Spirit was active from the first moment of creation. Now, I think this is really great, a fun part of the Bible, so we're going to take just a minute to really kind of dig in to these scripture passages. This is going to be a moment of Bible study, so if you don't love Hebrew, just hang on but I think you'll, you'll, hopefully you'll find it pretty cool. Okay, so we go to Genesis 1-1. And, well, actually, before we get to the Bible study part, let me just say that as we turn our, our minds to that first story of the Bible, you know, it starts in the beginning, that when we talk, whenever we talk about this, these chapters of Genesis, we have to say this is not meant to be a science lesson, right? I'm well aware that if we read literally Genesis chapter 1, that it contradicts what we know about the formation of the universe from science. And so it's a good thing that I'm not really interested in reading Genesis 1 literally. I feel confident we can believe in the truth of science and in the truth of scripture. How does that work? Well, that is a very interesting question for a different sermon, okay? That's not what this sermon is about. Let me just say, though, that I am on board 
with the universe being 13 billion, old, 13 billion years old, the Earth something like 4.5 billion years old, humans being around for something like 6 million years. I'm down with all that and with Genesis being true. Genesis is theologically true and science is scientifically true. So they're doing different things, theologically true and scientifically true, and we can hold them both together as we make sense of the world. If you want to talk more about that, we can do it later. So, in the beginning, those famous words from scripture, in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was, the earth was, now, the picture is not just emptiness. There was something there, something, uh, quite a bit of something, actually, and the Bible kind of pictures it as chaotic, it was a mess. It was a place that couldn't host life. Where that something comes from, the Bible doesn't say. Where God comes from, the Bible doesn't say. The story starts with something already there, but it has no life in it. No life. The scripture says that it was tohu wabohu. That's the Hebrew. Tohu wabohu. Say that after me. Tohu wabohu. Yeah, hopefully you'll say that with more conviction. I know you got masks on. It's hard when you have masks on. I just, I love that phrase though, tohu wabohu. It sounds, it sounds chaotic. It sounds mysterious. The NRSV translates this, formless void. The earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep. So I think about it like a barren place, like inhospitable to life, that it's full of commotion. It's full of confusion. It's full of chaos. Tohu wabohu. I imagine it like this big, dark, open ocean, just endless water rolling and rolling with no signs of life. That's what the Bible imagines is the beginning. And in the middle of all that chaos and all that mess, what happens? The scripture says, a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. This is the first thing that God does. The first thing God says is let there be light. But even before that, God is already there, that wind from God sweeping over the face of the waters. Most Bibles translate the Hebrew word as wind. The word is ruach. And it can mean wind, but also breath and also spirit. So instead of saying the wind of God, we could just as easily say that the ruach Elohim is the spirit of God. The Ruach Elohim hovered over the waters, over the Tohu Wabohu, and was ready to create. So as God speaks all through this passage, we can imagine it's the Spirit, that Spirit of God that's hovering there over the waters. That Spirit of God is what's actually doing the work of creation, separating the waters from the waters, making dry land appear, bringing forth vegetation on the land, bringing forth creatures in the sky and in the sea. God speaks, and the Ruach Elohim, the wind of God, the Spirit of God begins to create, and the universe takes shape. And then, of course, God calls it all very good. <laughs> Professor Valerie Bridgman, who teaches Hebrew, she uses this Genesis 1 passage in first semester Hebrew because she says, I'm assured that it's one part of the biblical text that students have heard or read, and the Hebrew's fairly simple, it's rhythmic, it almost sings, it certainly dances. And this year, while teaching it, students came to the words usually translated, the spirit moved across the face of the deep, or the wind swept across the face of the waters. And that word that's translated moved or swept, it's meripet, a PL feminine principle for all you grammar nerds. And it, uh, it could just as easily be translated, she says, fluttered, 
or shimmied. So the students decided that the Spirit of God danced. That's the word they wanted to use. It danced over the face of the deep, reminding us that creation was a joyful party full of cosmic sound and motion of what could be. So Genesis chapter 1, the Spirit is right there at the beginning and intimately involved in creation. But then, of course, we keep reading, and there's a second creation story in Genesis, Genesis chapter 2. Yeah, there are two creation stories in the Bible, back to back. That's how the Bible starts. Now, if this is news to you today, don't worry about it. I didn't realize this till I got to seminary. But you might go down and sit down with your Bible sometime today and just read those two chapters, and you'll see the story starts completely over in Genesis chapter 2. And there's some differences between the two stories. So Genesis chapter 2 imagines the creation of the world a little differently than Genesis chapter 1, but it gives us also this gift of describing in more detail how humanity is created. So Genesis chapter 2 says that God formed man from the dust of the ground, from the dirt. Ground, or dirt in Hebrew, is Adama. And what was that guy's name? Adam, right? You remember him? (laughs) Adam? Adam is from Adama. Adam gets his name from the dirt out of which he's made. Adam from Adama. But the dirt is not a living being. It takes another step to make Adam alive. And that step is for God to breathe, breathe into him the breath of life, to give him his breath. Now the word used for breath in Hebrew is different than the word used for spirit in Genesis chapter 1, but it has the same variety, a similar variety of meanings. It can mean breath, It can also mean our spirit, our soul, our inner essence, and it can mean the breath of God. So the image is that God breathed into us the breath of life. God gave us our spirit. God created us, making us alive. So when Jesus says that the helper from God is going to be with us and within us, he's echoing this idea from Genesis 2 that the very breath, the very spirit of God is what animates us, is what makes us alive. So all this adds up to the fact that the Bible is staking this claim from the very beginning that the Spirit of God is full of creative power and energy, and that Spirit's with us. That same Spirit, that Holy Spirit, is within us. The Holy Spirit of God is with us and within us. The creative, energizing, enlivening Spirit of God that was present at the very first moment of creation The same spirit that helped us take our very first breath, that spirit is God's continual gift of help to us. That spirit is with us and within us. I don't know about you, but I think that's pretty cool. So what's that mean for us today? In confirmation class last Wednesday, we took this spiritual gifts inventory. It was a way to help us name the creative gifts that the Spirit of God gives us. We each have those gifts. That's how the Spirit works in us. And we can use those gifts to help the world around us. At Confirmation, we talked about how we have those spiritual gifts to help us build up the body of Christ, to help the church fulfill her mission in the world. Like how my friend Al, who is an amazing woodworker, he built for my last congregation this beautiful baptismal font. It is the most amazing thing that he made. He used his gift of woodworking, enlivened by the Spirit, to make something that's going to be used by that church for generations. Or like how Willis, 
a former Sunday school superintendent, teaches Sunday school still each and every week for a group of 30 or 50 people. Each week, Willis uses his gift of teaching to help people dig deep into the scriptures and help their faith grow. Or like how Dwight would use his talent for gardening and lawn care to make the church grounds look amazing at my Wichita church. Or how Glenn, he used his gift of hospitality. This guy stood at the door every single Sunday morning and opened it for everyone who came in, making sure that everyone who came to that church was greeted with a handshake and a smile. That was his gift. Every church is enriched in a thousand different ways as people use their creative gifts given by the Holy Spirit to build up the body of Christ. So this week, I want to encourage you to spend a little time being creative. Just tap back into that gift of creativity that you've been given through the gift of the Holy Spirit. It might be something that you have done a a whole lot of times before, but you've neglected as of late. So pick that back up. Or you might have something in mind, a creative expression that you want to try. Do something new. You know, God doesn't require that we're perfect or even that we're very good at it. for the spirit to inspire. All that God asks is that we use our creative gifts, we use our gifts of the spirit with joy. So, my encouragement to you this week is be creative. Take time to use your God-given gifts. Make something beautiful and something good. And then give thanks to God, to the spirit who enlivens and creates within us and alongside of us each and every day. Thanks be to God for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mm -hmm.